and welcome to the From Way Downtown podcast. This is Pacers editor Nat Newell. I am here, of course, with the Indy Stars Pacers insider Dustin Dopirak. Uh, and we got a lot to talk about, a lot of news lately with the Pacers. Um, let's start with the obvious, which is Miles Turner's contract extension. Um, really unusual situation all the way around. Uh, just quick, give us the highlights and the, the details of why that is. Yeah, and I think, uh, well, obviously it's, it's a big deal because – for how many years now Miles Turner has been on the trading block, and pretty openly so. So obviously this is a change in gears, um, but I think we were obviously, especially when the news broke Saturday, weren't sure exactly what it meant because it didn't. the, the way the contract was structured meant that he could still be traded uh, as, as soon as right now, if he wanted to be. Um, but uh, obviously, first off, they were able to renegotiate his deal, so they were able to give him a lot of money up front uh, because they had so much cap space that's only been done less than 10 times it hasn't happened since robert covington like three or four years ago where you could renegotiate somebody's salary mid-season because you've got enough cap to do it so they managed to front load his contract but they've got it so it's kind of team friendly the next couple years leaves a lot of cap room uh for the next couple years when they might need it and so the reason for that kevin pritchard says is is so that he can be more aggressive uh when it comes to free agency um but it does mean you know greg doyle asked flat out are you, you know, does this mean he's off the block? Because we weren't sure. You know, it, it wasn't official. It wasn't the sort of deal that would say this man cannot be moved, uh, you know, before you know, in three months or six months or whatever it is. Um, he was not, he did not make enough of a raise to get that, and he only had a two-year deal, so it takes at least three uh, for you to be off the block. Um, and Pritchard said, you know, I don't sign players to trade them I sign them to sign them I sign them because I want them to be there and obviously that doesn't mean that he's a pacer for the entirety of that contract um, you know he certainly becomes movable again at some point but it at least is Kevin Pritchard's statement of we want this guy we see him as part of this rebuild and he's not on the market he is not somebody that is movable and, and that tells you okay well there's at least one solid piece that you could say is that that they're sticking with going forward that you would not have thought in the beginning of the year yeah, it's the first time in at least four, maybe five or six years that someone hasn't said that someone has said we're not trading Miles Turner. So uh, right. I still think um, things happen fast in the NBA. If they get off to a bad start next year, all of a sudden you've got him on a he's got a year and a half left on his contract, and then maybe you are looking to deal him again. So I don't know that right. this is a long term necessarily a long term thing, but it's a hugely team friendly deal because it. You can keep him or you can trade him. And I've, right. as I've said all along, my biggest concern with Miles Turner was you were either going to lose him for nothing or you're going to trade him for 75 cents on the dollar tops. Right. And this avoids all that. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're not in a position where they, again, they, they, you have to worry about not getting enough on the deal. You don't have to worry about a scenario where you feel like you're pulling the rug out under from this team. Uh, and, I, and I think – I want to get more into that because I was sort of fascinated by how um, happy Kevin Pritchard is with his guys, with the current group. Um, but yeah, that, that I think is just the biggest thing of not being in a position where you're constantly asking yourself whether you're close enough or too far away to keep him, to, to roll the dice of trying to find a long, longer contract. I mean, they obviously needed to get this done to be able to get him the money by March 1st, you know, be able to, give, be able to do the renegotiation. That's when that had to be done by. Um, but, yeah, exactly. To be in a position where you're not sitting there coming out to the deadline and saying, eh, is this enough? What's enough um, to, you know, again, forego further negotiations? Uh, so it's a big deal to get it done. Um, with time to spare before the deadline to kind of settle yourself there, have a sense of what you 
you want or what you don't want. I mean, you can't, if you're keeping Miles, you can't tank. Like, you're not going to be bad enough, like, again, unless he tears his ACL or something like that. Or Tyrese Halliburton gets hurt. Or Tyrese Halliburton gets hurt again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, You presume that if if you're getting healthy Tyrese back that you're not going to lose 10 out of 11 again um, going forward with those guys. Uh, But, you know, it, 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 it gives them a sense of, you know, again, like, how high is the ceiling? I don't know if it's that high. Obviously, the, the Halliburton injury has uh, lowered expectations, I think, scenario for significantly for what the rest of the season can be. Um, but all, all the same, it puts you in a position where you, you kind of know where you're going going forward. You sort of know what your building blocks are and then what the other p- pieces are in that you need to fill. And, and so big move for them all around. Again, that they and they get to lock him up for at least a little while without having to spend the, an exorbitant amount of money anyway. And let's talk quickly about where they're at. I mean, obviously, uh, they announced the uh, or the the contract news broke basically at the same time. They're falling to 11th place in the East, which means they're no longer in the playoffs. Like I think I've said this before, but if they finish, if they don't make the first round of the playoffs, uh, I think this was a bad season in terms of how things play out. Again, I say that. I don't know that they could have done anything different. With Halliburton healthy, they're on pace for 45 wins. You can't make a 45-team win team into a 25-win team. Uh, So, but now, but it does, I mean, as you noted, uh, Pritchard really likes the core of this team. Um, and I mean that's important, and I, I don't know that they felt that way for a couple of years, certainly. No, they absolutely didn't. I mean, I, I think uh, we got to sit. Uh, the writers basically got to take uh, Kevin aside after uh, the press conference. But even during the press room, he said a few things that really surprised me in terms of, and 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 he admitted. That, that it would have surprised him from five months ago, um, just basically saying that he likes this group as much as he does and feels like they're they're further along uh, in terms of, you know, obviously you'd want to be better than 24 and 28 right now, but, you know, you were 23 and 18 three weeks ago. Um, and But he looks at it and says, okay, he looks at Halliburton, he sees how special a player he can be. You know, he mentioned he really likes the dynamic between Halliburton and Turner. He likes how he maximizes what Turner does well. Um, and then it's other pieces after that. It's believing Matherin's, uh, you know, moving fast. You know, he said, we didn't know what we had in Aaron Neesmith at all, and he absolutely is part of, I, he said, I, I think he's part of a championship culture here. He, he definitely thinks, even though as much as he liked Andrew Nemhart and pushed for him, um, he said, you still don't know that he's a guy that's going to start for you right away and and he is so like that's further along than you were expecting um so for a lot of different reasons he is he looks at this group and sees something that is closer to maturing um and, and to being something and, and is closer to complete than i think he would have ever expected uh, you know and 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 said that in such a way that he he simultaneously said you know this contract allows us to be more aggressive over the offseason in the summer but he also sounded like he doesn't want to move too much like he, he is a little bit upset worried about upsetting the apple cart and it definitely tells me that he's at least bought into and i don't know if he's going to be right long term but he he's bought into the way rick carlisle was talking about this team and saying that this is this is special this this group has a special chemistry um and it's it's important to consider that an asset something that is precious that you need to protect um and now that can get dangerous i think because i i you know and, and even rick carlisle did say during the press conference you know, we need more pieces um and i think that has to be understood like i don't think you can get by without there has to be other players, you know, and I think there probably has to be other players outside of who you're going to draft, and they've got picks coming up um, in this class. But you know, if if that none of them are going to be that high if they don't, you know, um, 
uh, if if they make the playing game. If, if Halliburton gets round. stays if, healthy. If Halliburton stays healthy and they do, you know, like if they get back to winning, you know, they're down to what thirty, I think thirty games left. If they go, what seventeen and thirteen. They got 41 wins. That gets them to 500. Um, it, they got to go, what, 18? You know, if, if they go 20 and 10, then they're, what, 44 and I put them, what, 44 and 38. And, you know, like that's probably right on the borderline. You know, that's probably looking at 7, 8, maybe 9, even if you go, if you went two thirds of them the rest of the way. Um, and, you know, I, I, like it's clear that this team is missing pieces. Like there's, it's clear that this team needs stuff. There's, there's talent uh, and, and there's talent that has an opportunity to grow. I mean, um, you know, Kevin mentioned Jalen Smith and, and Isaiah Jackson, how young those guys are, because I think you're, you're starting to see them as finished products, but they're really not. Um, that there's opportunity for each of those guys to get better. Uh, but I mean, they really need to power forward. You know, I mean, they really do. They really need some somebody with some muscle that can go do some rebounding and be able to defend multiple positions. You know, Daniel Tice is going to give them something when he comes back, but that's not your long-term solution to that matter either. Um, so th- there is going to need to be guys, and obviously they're going to, they are going to have to find a way to, to get guys that fit into this overall you know chemistry ecosystem here. Um, but uh, he definitely had a sense of of feeling like. You know that there's an opportunity to be aggressive, but you don't want to be too aggressive because that there's something there that you like and a core that you really like, and that's kind of where they stand. Yeah, I thought it was really. I only I was not at the press conference. I was not part of the the, the extra session um, with just the reporters. But even in what you saw on what the Pacers broadcast, uh, I mean, Pritchard was was more certainly more honest than maybe almost any other man running a NBA team would be, and that he basically said. We didn't think we'd be this good. Yeah. Um, and I also think it's interesting, and he did address this, is he said, I mean, it was not hard to read what he was saying as we're not planning on making a move during the trade deadline. At the same time, you got three first-round draft picks that are going to be 15 to 30. That's, I mean, that you never want. You, get, you don't have room for three guys next no. year, which is what Pritchard said to yeah. you guys. Yeah. Uh, so clearly, and again, that doesn't mean they have to make a move at the trade deadline they can make a move before the draft right. but clearly uh, they got to do something in the next six months uh to get this you know bec- yeah. if only to uh, move some of those assets uh forward uh because they don't need them now right they've got to align some things uh they, they've got to get something lined up as he said you know you don't want that many you already have a lot of young players and then you're going to have an even more young players. And the way he used the phrase cannibalize themselves, which is a, a kind of a slightly grotesque way of putting that, but it's already happening. You know, you're already seeing it between Jalen Smith and Isaiah Jackson. And that, you know, it, it's basically become an every other game thing with them. You know, like I, I think for a while Rick tried to make it a, a matchup thing. I don't think it's a matchup thing anymore. I think it's literally every other night. And tonight's Jalen's night, tomorrow's Isaiah's night. Maybe he's telling them that, maybe he's not. But that's the rhythm. You know, is is that one guy plays tonight, one guy plays tomorrow? Because I think they they see too much talent there to give up, and they want them to continue to compete. Um, but they they don't, you know, they they like those pieces, but there's not minutes for both of them right now. Especially if they're playing smaller, and they feel like that's a better way for them to play, for them to match up better defensively all around. Um, and I guess they don't love either one of those guys defending fours right now, uh, so they view them as both fives. But there's only so many minutes left after Miles Turner comes off the bench, you know, goes to the bench. Uh, 
you know, if he's playing 30, you only got another 28 to, de- you know, or 18 to deal with. And, you know, do you want it to be nine and nine every night or do you want to be 18? You get 18 one night, you get 18 tomorrow. And that's kind of basically how they've been doing. Um, and so he's seeing that and saying, okay, well, you've got an Andrew Nemhard, a Tyrese Halliburton, an Aaron Neesmith, a Chris Duarte, like all of these guys are young. Obviously, Halliburton's going to get his minutes, but you got to find a way to get Nemhard, keep Nemhard on the floor. You got to find a way to keep Neesmith on the floor. You got to get. Dorte his minutes. You want to get Benedict Mathern in his minutes. You want to get O'Shea Brissett his minutes. He's still a young guy. Um, and so it's like, okay, are you going to bring in three more rookies? And where, where do those minutes come from? You know, where, where does that work out? And, and do you have to move a veteran to make it happen? Are you willing to move TJ McConnell if you find another point guard? Um, do you feel good about it at that point? Or do you want to keep him for a little while longer until you have a guy that's steady? And you've seen his value, you know, uh, over the stretch of this Halliburton injury, just how much he can still do for you. So um, that that's the thing is like it, it is looking to say, how can you move those assets? What can you move them for? Uh, what can you get right now? What do you need? How do you do this right? Make sure whoever you, you bring in doesn't take too much cap space and doesn't blow up your chemistry in some way, shape or form. Um, you know, and it's delicate. So I think he's definitely definitely being very. He wants to be aggressive, but I think he's also aware that he's it's, that he wants to be careful. He views this as having an asset that is sort of precious and fragile that he has to protect. Uh, the trade deadline obviously coming up as well. Uh, there was the one rumor that they could trade three first-round picks for OG and Anubi. We both saw that and said, if you if that was offered, it would they he would be on his way here in a second because you wouldn't turn that down for the Pacers. No chance. John John Collins is out there. Obi Toppin's out there. As you noted, they need a power forward. Any thoughts on what they what they could do, should do uh, with the trade deadline? Yeah, no, I think I mean it's it's a tough call. I think. Um, it seems to me that they are more likely to keep a lot of their veteran assets. Uh, I mean, even, you know, Buddy Heald would seem to now be the new most movable piece now that Miles is there in terms of a valuable guy. But just the way Pritchard talked about it, I see that less likely because I think he has a sense that Buddy fits with them and he might not fit with everybody else. Well, it's been interesting. You know, he, his play has fallen off more than huge. I think anyone else's without Yeah, no, no, certainly because I mean, and it's because of the defensive assignments. He's getting some tough guys that are that are locking him up and making a point to make sure that he's not getting the ball uh, and not getting shots. And so even T.J. McConnell, I think, has made made points to try to feed him, uh, and that that's only worked so well. And I think he was well defended by Memphis the first time. Even better the second time, I think, was basically taken out of that game. Uh, I think they had Williams on him. I think they had Morant on him. I think they had some other guys on him. Um, so the, the biggest thing is just drawing the best assignment. Like when, whenever, you know, like the uh, – whenever anybody was playing against Therese, it's always that's your, your top defender and you're lining up your pick-and-roll guys and stuff like that and sort of making sure that you've got sort of a multi-pronged attack at dealing with Tyrese. So whenever that guy that you're using to guard him and they're usually using length against him, you know, they're using a lot of threes on him to cross-match, um, that guy goes back to Buddy. And, you know, he'll, he's dealing with more length and somebody can really run around with him and there's not the same amount of opportunity. So I think you see, first off, if you're another team, I think you see that, that Buddy's a lot better because of Tyrese. And if you're not getting Tyrese with him, you, you don't have as valuable of a piece there. So I don't know if it, it brings as much of a return, even if they move him. So I think that there's a sense that Buddy needs to be piece up a part of this going forward for at least a little while longer. Um, so I think it would, it would have to be a pretty big sell uh, to get um, something for Buddy. So then it's about, you know, tr- I, you know, obviously I think the draft picks become the 
the biggest asset that you can move that might turn into something. Um, so an Obi Toppin is possible because Obi's not getting a ton of playing time uh, with the Knicks, and I think his sort of frame fits what they would need, uh, and he'd he'd be able to you know expand his role. Um, and you know if you can get him for draft picks, I think it makes a lot of sense. I'm not sure what the Knicks have or need as far as that is concerned, as far as what they want to pick or when they want to pick up. Um, and again, you know it, it probably would be moving something that's obviously in the bottom half of the draft, and they'd have to decide what you know what's relevant for them for that or, or, or are you you know if you're the next of you saying well i'm just going to get another ob top in like what do i need that for um so i think it, 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 that's somebody you'd want to target obviously the, the going the the going big would be going to get john collins um and that would require some guys that might require buddy i'm trying to think of who else would really yeah, that fit would be the them. thing i wonder well, what is the what do the hawks need yeah like i'm not you can give them that makes sense for right I'm, I'm not sure what stands out there like what, who, who's the guy that fits what they want because obviously and you know you're in a position where that's a team that you're competing with directly and, and i think that with the knicks it's similar the knicks are a little bit further ahead um but if the Pacers are gonna make a run for eighth um, you know, or 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 ninth or whatever. Like Atlanta is a team they need to go through. So you know, how does that work in terms of those two teams helping each other? You know, is that possible? And obviously, they got great point guard and Young, really good wing and Murray. Um, you know, a, a center and Capella. I mean, like, what is it off the bench that they would want? Is there anything they would really be willing to give up John Collins for? And I have my doubts. Um, you know, I, I don't know if there's anything that I, if, if I'm them, I wouldn't give the Collins to the Pacers just because that gives you a chance of running up behind me. Uh, and there's nothing I want from you that would make that make sense for me. Um, so, it, at least not off the top of my head. I mean, maybe, like, I don't think it's a scenario where they get Buddy, the Pacers get Collins, and everybody maybe is happy Pacers thereafter. Maybe the Pacers pick. I, yeah, I don't maybe, know. Maybe. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know see they, how that works. I don't, I don't know either, that I, I don't know that I buy that. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I, I think they're going to look, uh, but I think, you know, again, the way that Kevin Pritchard was talking, he said, you know, we'll look at it, but he, he didn't seem like a guy that had a deal in mind. Um, he, he didn't seem like a guy that had a target in mind. Um, so I would be surprised if they do anything big. Uh, I, I'd be I'd be a little. I mean, like you can't be shocked by anything. And obviously, you know, I, I don't have a long history of dealing with general managers <laughs> of any kind, much less uh, Pritchard himself. Um, but I just thought he the the what he put out there, the way he answered that question, was just seemed to be like he was prepping everybody for this isn't going to be a big deadline deal for us. You know, don't everybody get overly excited because I'm not going to. I mean, I agree that that's how he sounded. At the same time, there was also the report that they were one of the finalists for Rui Hachimura, which is, again, a very similar power forward-ish right. who can yeah, shoot. He's not getting a ton of minutes, can shoot, can rebound, is is kind of wide, muscular guy. But I, I still think that shows that I, that they're interested in adding a player. It's just a matter of who it – and you'd be nuts to turn down top and four – your second best draft, draft pick, pick yeah. or something like that. That's an easy deal for you. So yeah, that's an easy deal for you. It's just a question of what's out there, what's on the market, what they can pay, you know. And 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 again, it's looking at like it seems to me, you know, like obviously Tyrese. I, I mean, I think he's technically off the market anyway. But Tyrese, Ben, uh, Nemhart, Neesmith, now Turner, uh, are you know completely off the board. That those those are non-movable guys. Duarte, I think, is non-movable for the moment. I think they want to see what, what he can do now that he's getting back to normal. I don't think they're ready to part ways with him. You'd be, you'd be selling low on him. Yeah, you'd be selling really low on him, and you'd only be getting you know twenty-five cents on the dollar if you can move him. And I'm, I, you know, again, like I'm not totally sure on contracts who's movable and who's not. Um, you know, like 
I, I mean, like Buddy obviously is a movable piece, but like it's it strikes me that they're leaning towards they want him around. You know, I, I think that they feel like he's somebody that Tyrese maximizes, and then you, he, that turns him into a really good player. And you know, again, if I'm looking at Buddy and you you know Buddy's history, like you need somebody who makes him fit in the chemistry, and Tyrese does a really good job of that. Like I could see Buddy walking in somewhere and blowing the joint up. You know, like Buddy's he hilarious. He was not happy in Sacramento. No, Buddy cracks me up, and 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 I I am as a reporter, I am very entertained by Buddy Heald, um, but. And, and he fits this group, and they like him, and he likes them, um, and you know he's all over the place. But but there, this group takes him in, and, and and they have a place for him. And I don't know that if you throw him someplace else, and if he doesn't have Tyrese, as kind of to sort of sherpa in, him into the group, and have everybody say, yeah, I know this guy's a little bit wild, but he's okay. I promise. Uh, you know that's worked for the Pacers. If Tyrese isn't going with him, you know someone else has to kind of vouch. And I don't know how that's going to go. <laughs> uh, he's <laughs> to also be... got one more year at a reasonable $19 million, $20 million, whatever. Right, exactly. It's, it's big money, but it's not crazy money. Um, and so, again, like, I think that's movable. It's a movable contract. Um, but, you know, again, I, I don't know that you're getting from the deal which the value that you could get um, the, or the value that he could bring to you. Right, you know, right. I, I don't think there's as much of a payoff in whatever you're going to get from him on the market than the production that he's going to give you if he sticks around. Um, so, you know, again, like I, I don't see them moving any of those core pieces or probably not even the two veteran pieces that you thought were going to move at the beginning of the year. But I do think those draft picks are very much on the table. Uh, not all of them. I, th- I imagine that they're going to want to at least use one of them to bring in somebody new out of that draft because they say they really like that draft. But I think they know they can't have three guys. Even if they like, even if there are three guys they like, I don't think that there are. Um, that I think they are aware that they can't jam three first-round picks onto this roster. I am rooting for the ultimate challenge trade, which is where you trade your first-round draft pick from next year for somebody else's first-round draft pick, just straight up, mm. and then whoever has the better year wins the trade. There you go. So you got to go in thinking <laughs> you're going to win the trade. Right, never happens, but that would be that would be a great moment in uh, Pacers history if they would just make a straight challenge trade. But uh, mm-hmm. um, in terms of Turner, he's obviously his best year of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he deserves. I mean, he's obviously had some. I mean, I guess maturity issues is the is the right way to put it in terms of the stuff with Woj uh, asking to be traded to the Lakers, and he's put stuff on social media about the bat signal for the Lakers and stuff like that. At the same time, he was playing out of position. He always gave you everything you had. I think he deserves some credit for handling things the way he has. Um, and it does seem like maybe he's taken a step forward. I mean, I, I mean, it seems like that maybe he is a different guy now than he was previously. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's the thing. Like, I, I haven't seen bad right. Miles Turner. Right. You know, I've said this before. And, and that, that, you know, like I, I've seen what's been written about him. I've seen ways people have talked about him. Uh, and obviously I've seen numbers, you know, just, just inconsistency. You look at game logs and stuff like that and say, okay, well, you're seeing a couple really good ones here. And then a fall off where he scores four or six points. You know, I mean, like he hasn't been 20 every night. Um, but he's had a lot more games where he's stepped up than he has not. You know, and I think he's been um, he's been really productive while Tyrese has been out. 
Um, he, he's been very productive on that stretch, and I don't think he's been great every single game. But for the most part, you know, when he's played, obviously he had to come back from the back spasms himself. But since he's been back, uh, he's pre- been pretty good and pretty effective. I mean, and, and you know, challenged Giannis on Friday night, and um, you know, I, I don't think he had great numbers on Sunday in Memphis. But I mean, like he has generally been pretty productive. Uh, he just seems engaged to me. You know, he, it, it does seem like. Um, and, and it tells you something that, that something turned in his head in, in terms of what he thought his future was. And, and you know, I, I think everybody, everybody knew Tyrese was good. I don't think anybody realized how much he could unlock in everybody, like how much he could sort of maximize everybody's talent. And, you know, I, I think Turner, one thing Turner told me earlier was just like, I feel like, you know, I know that if I'm going to run, I'm not running for no reason. You know, like, I, you know, if I run the floor well, if I roll hard, um, you know, Tyrese is going to find me. Tyrese is going to reward that. And if he's not, I'm going to know that he made the smart play anyway. You know, if 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 me rolling opens up, uh, you know, just drag somebody and force somebody to collapse and Buddy's open for three and he hits him, you know, then I'm not going to be mad about that because I know it's a smart move. So so like that has, I think, engaged him so much. And, you know, and, and playing the position has really helped him the way they use it, you know, that, that he's doing a lot more rolling, that he's doing a lot more dive in the basket. It's made him really effective. And the threes he gets are threes that he can hit. Um, you know, he loves that top of the key three. You know, he's not roaming, looking for shots at different angles. It's, you know, like it's pick, it's pop, it's shoot from straight on top of the key and I think he likes that shot so I think everything that they're doing for his offense fits him and I think he he just knows that there's an opportunity for him at Indiana that might not be anywhere else I think you make a great point that it's a choice of his I mean he it seemed like he kind of made the choice that he would be better off somewhere else and then you got I give him a lot of credit because it's easy it's easy to get say hey I made this decision I can't change my mind because I'll look like I'm, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. No, he said, I, I, at this point, I thought I might have, I, again, we don't know what he thinks, but right. it seemed like he was thinking I might be better off somewhere else, which is a perfectly his right. Uh, you know, he can go wherever he wants when his contract's up. But he's then said, hey, maybe, you know, things have changed and now I do want to be here. Right. I also, I thought, I mean, I've seen a lot of people say, people, I mean, Bobby Marks at ESPN is the one that stands out, but there's been other people who said that the $20 million a year he's getting the next two years is, was his market value. I thought his market value would be higher than that, so I'm I'm really so curious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really know? curious to see what when it comes what happens with him. Sure, and, and maybe people just want to see him. You know, they want to see the 18 and nine translate for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and I mean because I think it's it's you know it's not a drastic step up, but it's it, the fact that he's up across the board. You yeah. know, I, I think is is is, is notable. Um, so yeah, no, I think people want to see that before they're willing to put in thirty million dollar money, uh, thirty million dollar a year type money, and that must might have been something about what he heard. I mean, I, I think he he sees an opportunity to get the kind of numbers that get you that kind of money. Uh, I think that's another piece to it too. That like if if he strings these together and he's he's in good shape, and you know, uh, I there you know, Kevin Pritchard was pretty clear about noting that um, he. It's two years because something's coming in two years, yeah. you know, uh, and that would be the, the renegotiation. I don't know if it's a renegotiation, but the new NBA media yeah. rights deal. They're expecting a lot of money. Uh, I don't know how that jives with. Well, I guess that's going to be the national deal because it's a regional deal is an issue because right. obviously we talked about the situation with Bally's and with Sinclair. Um, but they're expecting they're going to make a lot of money and that's going to make a lot higher cap. And so fitting all that in, um, you know, I, I think everybody views it as you can make more money, you know, like like don't. 
be like be a free agent in 2025 like whatever you know and or or put yourself in a position where your current team has to sign you in 2025 because they're going to have a lot more money to do it with so you're going to be able to command a lot more um and i think that was something for turner that was something for the pacers and it was like okay if you're not going to be locked up we're not going to pay you 30 you know because uh, because 30 could work out for us in the end uh but if we're going to pay you 30 for two years and they're going to take up a ton of the cap space and then you're going to leave that's not as valuable to us so i think that that had something to play in there that if he wasn't willing to um do the whole boat four or five you know four or five years um okay that that probably trims some of the money off but you know again puts him in a position where at 29 he's going to have an opportunity to capitalize again and if you know he kind of bet on himself you know again like it's not a big bet on yourself. You're still making $37 million next year, $20 million next year, 20 million after that. Even if you fall off the map and rip your ACL and your leg falls off, you're going to be fine. You know, like, I mean, you know, we're speaking you'll, you'll in have NBA terms, yes, not exactly. in sports uh, journalist no. terms. No, it, <laughs> yes, exactly. This is, yeah, like that's, that's far beyond. <laughs> that's 20 lifetimes, I think for us. Uh, but no, uh, you know, he, he, he made a bet on himself. He's making another bet on himself. Um, and he has a chance to really get paid off, and the Pacers have a chance to do it as well. Uh, and I, but I think you know you are seeing him talk about a belief that this team could go somewhere, and that's changed. That has changed, and obviously when he's spouting off on the Woj Pod in October, his presumption, like everybody else's, is they're going to bottom out. And they were like one and three, one and four at the time. And, it and was based like, on what Pritchard said, that's what. <laughs> that's yeah, what they the were just like, okay, <laughs> yeah, this is where it's going to be, and it's like, all right, like yeah, it's speaking out of turn, but he's not wrong. Right. You know, um, and you also get to the element of someone says, should another team want you? Are you supposed to say no? I mean, right, exactly. <laughs> you could say, I'm you not could say, talk I about wouldn't it, talk about that, but, but it's just like he answers the question. And, you know, like Woj works for his agency, so he's not going to, he will answer questions for him. He does not answer for us. Um, but yeah, ultimately, that made sense at the time, and he's making sense at the time. Miles is, Miles is definitely self aware at this point and knows how self-interest works at this point and so he um he he knows how to put himself in good shape i I think he's learned a lot about that um and so you know and to me i see a mature guy i i I don't know from in terms of who i talk to and whatever uh i hope he's less edgy now um then you know now that he's got the contract signed um you, you you definitely see that i think when you're a reporter that that because they know that's the question you have and you try not to ask the question every day and you try to figure out when you should ask the question or, or when if whatnot when you get past that i think you have more of an opportunity to actually talk to them like humans because i think now he can be less he doesn't have to just be asked are you going to la are you going to new york are you going to here are you going to there like now that that is settled uh he could be a more normal person but i mean i i see a generally mature guy that has just been had this weighing on him um and i so i haven't seen you know the immaturity but again he's been he's been here his entire 20s uh and he's only 26 and he he came in young he came in young i mean you you kind of forget what that's like i mean he has been making millions of dollars playing basketball since he was 19 and so there is some maturity and, and and you 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 know think you're going one place and then you don't go another place as far as you know they were a playoff team and they weren't um, and so, like, you're thinking you're going to be ride this group out and you're, and you're going to go someplace, and all of a sudden you don't, and you have three coaches in three years, and it's like, what, what are we, where are we going with this? Uh, and so I'm sure that shook him up and changed things, and I, but I think he looks at this and sees a direction where he didn't necessarily see that before, and that's matured him quickly, and now he can see the path to 
a successful team, whether it's a championship team or not, I don't know, but like a playoff team um, and a, a team that has a chance to go somewhere. So it, his opinion has definitely changed quickly, and, you know, that's a sign of growth. Let's hit a couple things rapid fire. We got the updates on Tyrese Halliburton's injury situation. Real quick, just uh, give us the news there. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, he's pre- he practiced. It's Tuesday. He practiced today. Uh, expects to practice tomorrow. Is hopeful to play on Thursday. You know, did say, obviously, the medical training staff will have something to do with that. Uh, the elbow became the issue. So we, we got, you know, Tyrese got, gave us some more explanations sort of what was up. So the knee was really only bad for a couple of days, even though they took crutches out of there. Um, wasn't really a problem. Hasn't been a problem. Been able to run on. It's been fine. He had a hard time straightening the elbow. You know, that's been that was kind of the issue, and he still kind of is. He's going to have an elbow brace, you know, and that's not too much of an issue as a right handed shooter. It's his offhand, but he does, he's going to have to dribble with the left. And so when the ball's coming back, you know, it's it's a little bit, it's 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 an awkward scenario, basically, as far as, you know, it bends, but like it just isn't coming back right, just hasn't worked the way that it's supposed to. But it's getting there, it's close. I think he's going to have to play with the brace for a little while. Um, but, you know, kind of it's up to the medical staff in terms of whether he's going to be good to go, um, you know, for. Thursday, you know, obviously they got three-game home stand, so they're here. They're, there's going to be if he doesn't play Thursday, there's an opportunity Friday. If he doesn't play those two, there's an opportunity Sunday um, because it's Lakers, it's Kings, it's Cavs. You know, he's got a chance to play on in, in any of those, and obviously would hope for all three of them because the Pacers are getting in the position where they can't string further losses together than they already have. Um, so that's where he stands. He feels pretty good about where he's at. Uh, Daniel Tice is heading there. Um, he, he seems to be on his way, and I don't know if it's going to be this weekend or not, uh, but he did practice, went through it. Um, you know, obviously he's been dealing with his knee since the surgery in, I think, November is when he had another one. He's been dealing with knee problems for a long time, but, but felt like it was coming along. Um, does say that, yeah, there will probably be a minute's restriction when he gets out there. Uh, he said, you know what, I'll, I'm going to be honest. I'll probably get out there, and five minutes will be fine for me. <laughs> uh, you know, it's been a long time uh, since he played any five-on-five. I know it's, he says, I know it's different. I'm going to get rolling, and I'll probably be like, you know what, I'm good. <laughs> five this quarter okay all right yeah we can put me in later um so i that's going to be interesting to see just how he fits in um you know obviously a big body that they could use guy that can rebound guy that can defend what does he take away from isaiah jackson and jalen smith um you know what does he you know can he move well those some of those guys get minutes to the four just to get him on the floor um you know how do they activate him because i, I do think he does give you something that those guys don't give give you and that's muscle um, He's know. what the team needs, although yeah. they probably need more than he has. Yes, <laughs> but, exactly, exactly. But he is what they need. He is something of what they need. They, 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 they need a guy who can muscle up. There's got to be a period where you can throw in a guy who can, you know, like when you're dealing with other guys that are 260, they gotta, you got to be able to throw out some somebody like that. And, you know, a lot of those guys come off the bench uh, in the NBA. You know, usually your you know, real deal centers are more athletic and a little bit bigger, and they're, they're more like Miles Turner. Um but you need a wide body. You need somebody, you know, that's a little bit hulking and, and that and it's going to be able to box out. And uh, they need some of that from T, from Tice. And it's a question of how much they're going to get. Uh, and then the last thing was obviously what you mentioned, the Bally. Uh, Sinclair, which owns Bally, there's a report that they're going to be bankrupt or file for bankruptcy. Right. We, you, actually, <laughs> not we, you specifically asked the Pacers, Will this impact television broadcasting uh, situation this year? Yeah. And we did not get an answer. No, we got a we got an initial answer that was thanks for reaching out. All we can tell you is that we're watching this closely and we hope it turns out well. And that tells you in the fact. So then I reached back out yesterday. I haven't heard back. It's Tuesday, uh, and so Danny Lopez, if you're listening, if you, if you want to give us another uh, uh, comment on that, we'd be glad to take it. Um, but you know. Uh, I don't want to read too much into something that somebody didn't say, but it seems like they don't know. 
Um, and you're, you're, I mean, the reporting offices of Bloomberg, who understands business at a very high level uh, and has sorts of sources that obviously we don't have, they, you know, they're talking about missing interest payments. And I just have a mortgage. I know what happens when you miss an interest payment on a mortgage. Um, it's bad. It's really bad. And so, you know, it, it starts your grace period and puts you in a position where, you know, you're like things start going south for you pretty fast when you start skipping interest payments um and that's it's a bad place to be it puts them on the path to bankruptcy and then you're looking at breaking things up um and so you could be be looking at different ownership groups uh, but it's you know they they obviously got a lot of loans there you know it, it's a bunch of capital firms i don't know if it's hedge funds or what um but they're that they've got you know liens on and so a lot of those groups are going to be taking these things over so What's that look like long term? And, you know, uh, and, and so not just what happens with these networks now, it's also the how does this change the market for what teams can charge for their rights? Um, if, if it's a scenario where you're not going to get that cable money back, um, how much more money are you going to be willing to pay for rights? And is that going to end up swinging back? Uh, to salary cap issues, to salary issues in general. If you know, obviously the 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 national broadcast stuff, the ESPN deal, the TN, the Turner deal, uh, whatever they end up doing going forward, if they change that up, if if different networks get involved, um, you know that will have a lot to do with their media, their their national media rights. But the regional stuff really matters. Um, you know, I know it's 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 a bigger deal with baseball. Um, in terms of how that sets what everybody's allowed to do, you know, financially. But, you know, this stuff matters, being able to make sure that you're on cable networks and, and getting cable money and um, being on streaming and whatnot. Um, you know, this, this stuff matters for, for the amounts of money that clubs can take in. Um, so is that going to just change how this business works entirely and what people are willing to pay? Uh, again, for multiple leagues, you know, you're talking about baseball, hockey, hockey basketball, yep. you know, all three of them, um, are, you know, rely on this way of getting their games to their fans. Um, and so, you know, fans across the country are used to being able to watch every single game of the team in their market. Uh, is that going to change? And we should be clear. This is not the Pacers. I mean, they, the Pacers they contract with the with with Bally with with right. Sinclair. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not them that's going bankrupt. It's the other business. Yeah, I've seen people say the NBA will somehow take this over because it's yeah. too important to the it NBA mm-hmm. to not have this. Um, I guess on a quote-unquote bright side, the situation's been kind of lousy here the last two years. Sure, so yeah. it's hard to get too much worse. Um, but no, like I, you say, there is. I mean, it's it's you know, it, it's not a great situation for developing a fan base if you're the Pacers. No, it's, and, and and it's just well, who's who's going to buy it. You know, that, right. that's the bigger question. Is like I I could see you know like. Uh, <laughs> I may or may not have thoughts on Sinclair as an overall organization <laughs> that I will spare everybody. Um, but, you know, like they obviously they, they Sinclair obviously got it from Disney, who had got it from Fox and kind of had to move off some pieces when they bought 21st Century Fox. Uh, and so it's like kind of the, the continual product, the continual um, Network being owned by you know two totally different people and two totally different networks. So I'm I'm sure that there are, uh, if you're a Pacers fan, you're like, oh good, Sinclair is not going to be a part of this anymore. And and on some level, you might think, okay, that that's great, but you don't know who's going to be next. You know, you, you don't know who's going to want it next. Um, and you know, like you certainly hope that it's going to be somebody that that really cares about it, that that has some sense of how to work it. Um, but you don't know. And, and again, all of these, this whole collection of networks could be split up. You know, it could be owned by different people, and you don't know 
kind of luck of the draw uh, in terms of who's going to want to keep it, who's going to not want to keep it, you know, where, where that all comes together. But to your point, um, all of the leagues, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the NHL need this. They desperately need this. This is a, this is critical in maintaining connection with the fan base, with every fan base, with the whole of the fan base in the country, is to make sure that your local team is available to you whenever you want to watch it. Because obviously, you know, if, if you don't get the local option, you're only seeing the Pacers once or twice a year. So, like, this is critical. They've got to get this right. Um, you know, however they can step in, whether they have to pay for it themselves, whether they have to create their own network, whatever, or their own regional networks. They've got to do something to keep this going. Um, it's also it's fair to point out that this is not just on. I mean, I don't know. I don't know enough about the situation to know who to quote unquote blame. Right. But sure. Sinclair needed certain amount of money from the streaming services to make it worth putting the games on, and they weren't. The streaming services were choosing not to do that. Yeah. So this is a. There's there's multiple people sure. saying. The money, the way these things work, as you noted, the, the, the financial situation around these regional sports networks doesn't really work. Any, it doesn't seem like it works anymore. Yeah, and so it's, it's again, like figuring out how it's going to work for everybody because you're so used to just being part of the bigger cable package and when people start cord cutting, um, as they have been now for a decade, really, um, you know, then then that costs you a certain amount of money. You know, you, you can't charge the same amount, um, you know, to be on a, on a cable network anymore because the cables and the cable companies aren't bringing in the same amount of money. And then so, you know, I, I've been fortunate because I'm on direct, direct TV stream, so I haven't had to pay the extra for it in the first place. Um, but that's the only streaming service that's keeping it. And so there's only so much that you can get from one streaming service. So, yeah, it's uh, it makes for a tough scenario and, you know, how, how to continue financing this because it's a question of what's everybody willing to pay for. You know, um, and, you know, everybody's making their own decisions as far as that's concerned, as far as, okay, how many channels do you really want? You know, what's really critical to you to have? You know, what are you willing to pay to have it? And, you know, and, and if it's, it's a tough scenario if you're only willing to pay to, the only thing keeping you afloat is the number of people that are willing to pay $190 a year for the Pacers. And that has not, it, yeah, yeah. it doesn't sound like that's working. So. No. All right, well, hey, we're not going anywhere. Come to IndyStar.com. Uh, let's see everything Dustin writes. Uh, and uh, appreciate you listening. Mm-hmm.